Be part of the conversation. Join the Hope Forum in Athens, October 25th and 26th. The only event connecting stakeholders from the West and North of Europe with the Balkans and the Mediterranean. For more information, visit our website at ehealthforum.org. Join us in Athens this October. You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Hello, this is Vicky Kolovo from Tech Talk Central. I'm here at the meeting, the ninth eHealth Network meeting. It was a privilege to be sitting in and listening to all the important stuff. I have with me um, Mr. Tapani Picha, first of all. Welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, I actually already placed a question uh, with Mr. Picha regarding what he does. He's in DG Center. Um, he's responsible for one of the units, but because there's, I, I sort of confuse sometimes who does what, and there's a lot of different departments that seem to overlap. I want him to explain um, what he does, and uh, I'll put a second question in there, whether he sees that there is a, um, that the sector of e-health is growing so big that you might see even more divisions appearing in the future. DG uh, Health and consumer, uh, health and uh, Food Safety, uh, as we are nowadays, we are actually working with the healthcare issues. And therefore, what we are doing is, for example, patient mobility, how patients can go to another country for, uh, for treatment. And therefore, we are working on those e-health issues which are dealing with healthcare systems. We have another uh, department, DG Connected, which is more working on uh, mobile health, uh, uh, citizens' applications, wellness applications. They are also doing research work. But we are really working with the national healthcare systems. In our uh, meeting, for example, we do have the people who are responsible in their countries for developing e-health solutions for the healthcare. They are not those people who are marketing uh, M-Health applications. Mm-hmm. Indeed, you are right that... Uh, both eHealth and mHealth, they are growing very fast. And um, we do have these two units, one in the DG Connected and our unit in DG Health and Food Safety. Uh, but I would, I would not predict that there will be more units coming because I think what is actually happening, that everything is getting digital. And what I see, that not only our unit is working on digital solutions, but all the other units for example, our pharmaceutical policy unit, they have been working on an online uh, pharmacy trust mark. Our colleagues in the health promotion unit, they are working on uh, applications how to promote health among young people. Mm-hmm. So it is so that the digital solutions, they are coming up everywhere and everybody who is working in administration must take a position. So we are actually predicting at some point of time these e-health units will vanish. I agree with you. You're putting it, it's, it's a tool. It's, it's a matter of tools, but you're actually dealing with the effect it has on real human beings. So where do you see Europe and its members right now? At what stage would you put us? Europe is, of course, a collection of 28 member states which are coming from all walks of life. Some member states are really in the pioneer pioneers. They have been able to set up national systems which are really uh, uh, breakthrough systems. 
others are starting to do that. And I think that the value of this e-health network, for example, is that the member states can, uh, can stimulate each other. And so those countries who are more advanced, they will uh, give the ideas to those who are still putting uh, their systems in place. And actually, there's one, one very interesting thing is that sometimes pioneers, they are bound to make mistakes. So they, they learn by uh, doing and they make errors on the way. Those who are coming later sometimes actually can shortcut this development and they go, can go immediately to direct, uh, directly to the uh, good solutions. So it's an interesting dynamic and we have seen that happening in, in many other technologies that countries who have been very, very advanced in one technology and then they think, okay, we are advanced and they stop developing and then suddenly other countries go uh, go by because they, they needed to start looking at the real modern technologies. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very dynamic uh, scene. I think one case of leapfrogging, because that's what you're actually expressing, is Greece and the e-prescription, um, the e-health system they did, the patient, sorry, the patient uh, system they did. So um, we did hear a few failures from countries like the Netherlands here today and uh, from Portugal they did mention, but which countries would you say, member states, have you noticed that have inno innovative approaches um, to patient care systems, to health records? Well, I, I think that it's interesting that you take Greece up, and I, I fully agree with you. Uh, the introduction of e-prescription in Greece was a leapfrogging act. And, and I think that it was also a very interesting act in a way because uh, uh, Greece got an um, incentive to do that. At the same time, then they teamed up with a country who had been doing it before, Sweden. Mm -hmm. And then together then they were able to implement the technology in a very, very short uh, time and at the same time develop the uh, knowledge and skills within Greece how to do it. Now I see that the, the Greek, uh, Greek companies are offering their knowledge and skills abroad. And, and I think that the a similar story we heard from Portugal today, it was impressive to see how Portugal um, who were actually under an external pressure uh, to develop the e-health system because uh, uh, it was seen that it's good for the economy of the country to go fast. And when they were forced to do that, the, all the creati uh, creativity which is in the country came to fore and started working for the country. And now what we heard today, we heard one of the most advanced uh, e-health systems. It also shows that e-health is more about brain power than money only because with the brain power a country can jump ahead of those much well, more wealthy countries so it is and it is not question of money only and the third example in that way is that estonia which definitely is a country whose cross-national product is not the highest in the european union but still they are one of the leaders in e-solutions e-everything um, I'll tell you what impressed me with Portugal. Enric Martins was presenting, so um, he's from an agency that helps the, the government um, procure and um, control, make all those systems. What surprised me is when he said that the Minister of Health requires uh, every month he wants fresh statistics. That's shocking even for the private sector. Um, that really surprised me, and to see a politician 
understand something like that? Is it the crisis, or does it also take some, you know, political knowledge to sort of go ahead so quickly? It, it was impressive. I, I think that probably there are all of those factors. Uh, one of the questions I have been asked answering very often is that why Estonia is so strong in e-voting, e e-banking, e-health. E and I think that there was a political decision made in a country that we want to brand our country as an e-country. And that was a way for the country to distinguish themselves from the other countries and to say that this is the very particular thing we can do in Estonia so that Estonia, 1.5 million people, it's a small country. Otherwise, you cannot really get at, uh, attract attention. Mm -hmm. And I can see now another new member state, uh, Croatia, being very strong. They are also very actively contributing in this e-health working group, uh, e-health uh, network. And, and they are, in a sense, uh, trying to come up with a similar, similar uh, mm -hmm. profiling. I think Estonia is impressive because they've gone as far as even creating an operating system for governance and they're selling it to other countries. I think that's mind-blowing. In my, It's not just e-health or, as they told me, we did an interview and they said, we're only 1.5 million, we want more citizens, and they have a name like 20 million citizens, e-citizens, in a few years. You're right that the e-citizenship, anybody can ha be a citizen of Estonia. And, and I understood from a recent article that some other countries are not copying this idea. And that again shows that in, in e, the brain power is so much more important because this idea of e-citizenship, of course, it, uh, getting that idea doesn't cost a lot. Uh, implementing it does cost uh, something. But what you particularly need is political courage. Which country can say, yes, we want to have an electronic citizens? And you get your people behind you because they're all connected on the same goal. It's interesting. So let's go a little bit back now to what you do, what your service does. So how you got all these, some countries doing innovative things and other countries listening in and trying to make change. How does your uh, unit support them? What do you do? Do you come afterwards? Do you make suggestions? Well, what, what's your work exactly um, in this status? According to the European uh, Union Treaty, the healthcare is the responsibility of the member states. So therefore, uh, we can only try to help countries to develop their systems. They are fully responsible for that. But what we are uh, doing in the Commission, we are trying to connect those countries. So we have seen in many countries now these e-systems uh, mushrooming up. They are really developing, I would say that each and every country in the European Union is doing that. They are at the different levels of development, but for example, e-prescription is being introduced everywhere. What we are trying to make sure is that when the countries are introducing their systems, they are compatible across country borders. So that if you go as a tourist from let's say from France, you go to Portugal, and you realize that your, your medicines uh, are finished and you need new medicines, you go to a pharmacy and your uh, French e-prescription can be transmitted to Portugal and you can get your, your, uh, your pharmaceutical there or the, your medicines. In the same way that if you, 
if you are a, if you are a tourist in uh, let's say Sweden and then you get an accident, then your patient summary can be transmitted from uh, other country. So basically, we are trying to connect countries. We are not able to do what the countries do inside. Okay, so that's where standardization comes in and interoperability, obviously. And um, you did mention food security, and this is a question. I've been noticing that the EU is trying to give um, food technology and um, for prevention reasons um, its own meaning. Is that part of your unit, uh, or is it just plain security? We are actually a big, big department, uh, which consists of several... Uh, 40 units and uh, my unit is just working on one small bit which is e-health and cross-border mobility of patients mm -hmm. okay it's a big th uh, thing itself but uh, we, our unit is also uh, coordinating our action uh, our actions in digital single market digital single market is the pilot the kind of a, uh, flagship project of this commission president Juncker's commission and in digital single market the commission is trying in many fields not only in health and food safety but in 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 all possible fields to create digital solutions in Europe and as part of that we, our colleagues in the food safety area, they are also developing their digital solutions. And actually, what we already have, we have a European-wide food market. So the foodstuffs, the, the uh, foodstuffs are uh, freely moving across borders. And of course, then all the information systems must be compatible. And they have already, before this latest drive for, uh, for digital single market, they have developed a lot of systems, and now this digital single market is giving, the, giving them a new impetus of, of, uh, of uh, uh, taking the advantage of newest systems. Okay, um, is uh, your unit also involved at all in the code of conduct that has been drawn up? I, we did hear about it during the Health Network. Um, are you playing any role in that? Are you, do you have any say? <laughs> of course, in the Commission we work very closely together and uh, on this uh, code of conduct we have been working uh, with my colleague uh, Petri Silgalvis from DG Connected in a very close way. But in our internal uh, division of labor, it is DG Connected who has the lead on that. We are helping and on, on other dossiers we have the lead and they are helping. Okay, I asked that because you know the patient better, so this is a little bit of a user experience also in there. and It's complicated, but it, it'll get there. So this will be my last question. What was the most, um, the biggest outcome that you saw today at eHealth Network? Something that striked you as really interesting. Um, it could be anything, you know. It was perhaps in the morning when we were discussing the how we are taking forward this um, e-health digital uh, service infrastructure. That is the technological organization and legal construct which is enabling us to exchange these e-prescriptions and patient summaries. And the commitment to the member states are showing that we want to do that despite of the internal political difficulties, despite the all kind of uh, uh, difficulties we face at the European level. So we were discussing on the technical issues. We adopted guidelines for the for the country implementation, uh, which is one step in a, in a long uh, uh, long row of steps we have to take. And then we discussed very very seriously the progress on how can we make sure that all this is legal, that the legal agreement between the member states, and and we are really 
taking that forward. I, I think that the country commitment to this very difficult project has been the most uh, um, imposing. And actually, I can tell you that we recently had a call for uh, call for ex interest uh, by the member states who wanted to have money from the uh, from the European Union to implement the national systems. We expected to have 12 to 15 member states. We got 20 member states applying. And I think 13 million requests. Uh, is that, that's the call, if I'm not mistaken, right? And the, I was gonna, that was going to be my one more question that had just popped up. I know that the European Union has planned a budget of 7.5 million for that, and the requests are 13 million. So how do you see it? Is it going to raise, or is the European Union going to deal with that somehow, or just you know, make another call in the future? The, com the Commission is... Of course, very keen to see all the member states on board. And, and for the moment, we are looking for the possibilities of increasing this envelope, but we are also looking for possibilities of you know, staged approach. So that, that, uh, that was 2015 call, 2015 budget, 2017 is coming, up and coming. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we can do a lot of this. And, uh, I, I can see you can answer a lot of questions, but we've got to wrap it up. Um, so I'm speaking with uh, Mr. Tapani Pija from the European Commission. Thank you for being with us. You're welcome. I'm most, most uh, pleased to be here in Amsterdam in this uh, e-health uh, week, the start of it. Okay, that means we'll see more of you. Um, you. You should follow him on Twitter. He's Tapani underscore Pija. I'm trying to convince him to tweet more. That way we'll learn more things um, that are going on. So this was Vicky Kulavu from Ford Tech Talk Central from the eHealth Network meeting. Uh, we'll be back. Bye for now. You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Be part of the conversation. Join the Health Forum in Athens, October 25th and 26th. The only event connecting stakeholders from the West and North of Europe with the Balkans and the Mediterranean. For more information, visit our website at ehealthforum.org. Join us in Athens this October.